0: The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. Glenn
1: Beck. For centuries, Tehran was practically a western city with thousands of years of history still unbothered. Beautiful spires and and arches and minarets come from all over the world. Now it's mostly rubble. At its heart was the Grand Bazaar, was once an uh, Edenic district, full of guest houses and gardens with giant fountains, corridors with with uh, with coffered and and uh, spired ceilings, each emblazoned with a intricate design, stained glass. The windows were blue and yellow and red. There was a glow around you as you walked down now, for roughly six months, Iran has fought back. It's protests and insurrection in the street. Last week the whole thing burst wide open. And this is what it sounded like to walk on those stone streets in Tehran last week.
2: thousands of people thousands of
1: protesters they marched in the grand bazaar in iran as protest in iran continued for the fourth day police fired tear gas at unruly crowds men with fists in the air they were shouting things not heard on the streets of tehran At least openly for a long, long time. Down with Palestine. Now, anytime the police fired another canister of tear gas at the protesters, the streets erupted in a scatter of frantic people clutching their eyes, ducking into storefronts. Young men in off-brand work suits sprinted into the markets and through the backyard alleys. Work truck drove around dispersing bricks for the protesters to hurl at the robotic-looking riot police with their clubs and their shields and their futuristic helmets. And strangely, the protest just stopped. Almost eerie. A strange silence and hush overtook the city. Interrupted by random outbursts throughout the entire country, this piece lasted exactly an hour and 40 minutes. Why? Well, uh, people had to go inside and watch, you know, their soccer team play Portugal in the World Cup. They tied, by the way. It wasn't enough. The people of Iran need a win.
0: It's Wednesday, June twenty seventh.
1: This is the Glenn Beck program. Hello, America. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. So it was an interesting day uh, to be alive in our country. Uh, yesterday, there was uh, there was some really interesting uh, results. In the primaries last night. Uh, we had. Um, the Democrat that was expected to challenge Pelosi for speakership, the one that was probably going to be the Speaker of the House, was ousted uh, last night by a 28 year old socialist that nobody has ever even heard of. Ten term congressman, ten terms gone. There's also another upset in California. Same thing. Democratic socialists are starting to win, but that's really who the Democrats are now. And if you are a Democrat and you haven't you haven't figured that one out yet, where have you been? The Democratic socialists, you know, the people that are you know in charge of uh, of Venezuela and some of the other worst nightmares about to be in charge of uh, of Mexico, it appears. This is sweeping Latin America and sweeping the world. We don't even know who they are. And generally, Democrats refuse to even admit it or look at it. Remember, it was just about six years ago that if I said that this person is a Democratic Socialist, they're a Socialist. A democratic socialist. Here it is. Here's the people they're talking to. They're democratic socialist. I was a racist. Now they are taking off their masks, as predicted, and they are saying, "Yeah, what's the problem? I am a socialist. What's the problem?" Well, the problem is, if reading your platform, you don't agree with capitalism. You want to get rid of capitalism. And and I know the workers are going to own all of the factories. I know it's really great. It it you know everybody promises that, but as we see in Venezuela, it never really works out that way. Also, Mitt Romney won uh, last night, Um, and it was a bizarre thing to watch. Mitt Romney, Stu, can you give me the highlights of some of the some of the. um Elections last night.
3: Yeah, Romney went one, and he'll win easily yes. uh, and go into the Senate uh, in November. Or we'll win in November. I think, though, we can't just blow past Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. No, I don't think so. This is, if you remember back to the Tea Party sort of revolution, the moment where Eric Cantor loses to Dave Brat. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a shocking result. And honestly, unless you listen to The Blaze where there was a lot of coverage about it. We talked to Dave uh, a few times. Uh, Doc Thompson talked to him a few times. Um, it was not covered widely, though, but even by conservative media, honestly, it was not a race that anyone thought uh, Dave Bratt had a chance in outside of like Dave Bratt's family. And he went in and won against Eric Cantor, who was the number two guy in the house. This is a similar sort of scenario. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a 28-year-old Democratic socialist, goes up against uh, Joe Crowley, who is the number four Democrat in the U.S. House, talked about as a guy who would be the next speaker, okay? This is very similar to Cantor Mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she comes out she is uh, you know far 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 left and admitting it now crowley's also far left but an establishment democrat like a hillary clinton you know uh, sort of level establishment democrat where cortez is you know much much further than that uh to give you a sense of how crazy this result is joe crowley is a 10-term congressman uh, you know he's uh, been there forever the, the race was thought to be so safe for Crowley. The New York Times. Yeah, this is a New York race. The New York Times ran zero articles about it. They didn't even cover it. That is incredible. Now, no, it's, you know, it's, but it's not.
1: It's not. It shows how arrogant uh, these media organizations are. I mean, they've made, they've mocked me and others for a long time. Warning about the takeover of the Democratic Party and the democratic socialists we they've mocked us, they've called us names racist mm-hmm. uh you know conspiracy theorists, et cetera, et cetera. Here it's happening, and they don't even see it coming. they just don't see it coming. It's their world, and they don't realize they're about to be eaten
3: yeah uh it's it does seem that way. They had, um, it was, the, the race was covered a lot by like the Intercept and things like that, that were kind of have mm-hmm. those, you know a lot of alternative media mm-hmm. wound up covering it and making it into a thing. And you could, I guess you could kind of look at the same way with the Dave Brat race there. Um, and it's interesting. I think if you're a, if you're a left wing person, you're a hardcore Democrat, you probably looked at the Tea Party the same way, right? Wait a minute. I can't believe these people, they're letting, these people are winning. They're knocking off these establishment people. Mm-hmm. And as the same way we're looking at this now, but they, you know, I think what's here, what's clear here is what's being embraced is something you've predicted for a long time is the people that actually will come out and admit it, that will take their masks off, are the ones that that base is embracing. Uh, and Bernie Sanders sort of, you know, led that a little bit uh, with his race last time, and it's now pushing through even more. Uh, Bernie Sanders endorsed candidate in Maryland uh, won. And we should point out, too, that uh, Ocasio-Cortez won 58-42. to She won by 16 points in a race that didn't even garner any media coverage from the New York Times. That's pretty incredible. Uh, Then you also have, uh, there's a couple of other close races, uh, Clark and Maloney in New York that almost lost but didn't. Um, now the establishment did win a bunch of races as well. Uh, they won a couple of in, in Colorado. There were some in California. You talked about um, as well. There was the a couple of races with interesting things with with Trump related endorsements. If you're interested in that, he had endorsed Do- Dan Donovan and Henry McMaster in two separate races, both of which won. Uh, Donovan won by a larger than expected margin. McMaster in uh, 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 one in a for South Carolina governor in a a more narrow than expected. But it was both cases in which Trump endorsed the establishment person over arguably the more Trumpier sort of candidate. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, the the one who's more outspoken comes from like a businessman background, uh, you know, and he endorsed the establishment person in both of those races. The South Carolina governor in particular was one of the first people who endorsed Trump. Uh, so there's sort of a loyalty tie there, but both of those candidates won. So Trump's endorsement seems to carry weight when he endorses when he endorses Trump-like candidates and candidates that aren't like him. Mm-hmm. That uh, against people who are like him, it still seems. Well, to if work. you
1: have a ninety percent approval <laughs>
3: rating with Republicans, right. you you would think that that would pay off it's you a know. it's a nice start yeah. <laughs> if you're running a campaign and you can get yeah. him this is why by the way um and it's an interesting dynamic going on with the immigration bill there are two immigration bills that have been trying to go through in congress in, in the in the past few months and trump keeps saying that he wants them he wants to pass them um what the the, the congress again congress is spineless in so many yeah. ways they are begging the administration to have trump come out and say i want the this bill to pass and it is not amnesty they want trump to say that they want trump to come out and say the bill we're going that's going to be passed right now is not amnesty so these guys can vote for it and not feel like they're going to get slaughtered in in the races they don't want to be held responsible for the vote they want trump to take the responsibility for the vote to say it's not amnesty so far he won't do it because, of course, as we all know, I mean, when you put hmm. DACA into law, of course that's a form of amnesty. Yes, it is. And that's it's all in there, right? But it's the thing that Trump has been asking for. But, you know, look, so be honest about it. It's a form of amnesty. It's, it certainly would have been considered amnesty at any other point uh, that we've been talking about the border over the past decade and a half. So they want Trump to take to, to, to cleanse these bills and say they're perfectly fine. Trump won't do it. And we don't know yet why or whether he'll get on that bandwagon eventually. I think that Donald Trump, if we
1: are to take him at his word on this, would probably do DACA uh, and uh, would grant even amnesty. If the
3: border were secure, right, and that's what the that's what the bill I would say attempts to do it doesn't go as far as full amnesty, but it goes as far as giving a lot to the left when it comes to the border. But he gets a border wall, he gets extra troops, he gets uh, some of the other things he's been asking for. Uh, and and it, but you know what, I would say that he could um, sign that
1: bill as long as nothing else was enacted until the wall and the security was finished. So, in other words, you don't get DACA. I've signed the agreement. When these things are finished, Mm -hmm. you get
3: that. And honestly, that goes back to it's very similar to many of the comprehensive immigration reform yes. plans yes. we've seen in the past Yes but going back to George W. Bush yes uh, in the mid-2000s, to Jeb Bush, to Marco Rubio, to all these guys that got torched in primaries because they were soft on the border. but it's a very similar agreement Yes and that might be why Trump is hesitant to endorse right. it right. Uh, I
1: think it is I think it is a kiss of death um, but people are willing to talk about it. Because they believe that Donald Trump will stop the border. They, they, he will build a wall or a fence. They believe him. And as long as he signs something that says, you get this when I get that. Or, uh, unfortunately, I think people will accept, um, yes, we're funding and it says shall build a fence. Um, I think people will give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I don't think that that will work out to his advantage. Um, but people didn't believe George W. Bush. They didn't believe anybody else. They thought that they were the typical politician. They don't believe that Donald Trump is the typical politician. And so they will
3: give him the benefit of the doubt because he's done some good things. And, and look, he's got his big 90 percent approval rating. And the the congressmen believe. Not that they don't care if it's actually amnesty. They just want Trump to take that away from them. They want Trump to say it's not... They don't even care if Trump believes it. They just want Trump to be on record saying this bill is not amnesty. And then they can go and say, look, even Donald Trump said it wasn't amnesty. That's all they want. It's so pathetic. It's like, lead. If you don't think it's amnesty, then say it's not amnesty and push for it and try to get a vote for it. They won't Isn't even get this a vote. what the Supreme Court just ruled against yesterday? it's not a muslim
1: ban no matter what you say it doesn't matter what you say Mm -hmm. it's what's actually in the bill yeah it's an amnesty bill doesn't matter what anybody says that it's not again the patriot act it's not patriotic no matter what you call it it's not patriotic the actions are what matter I want to go back to Democratic Socialists uh, because I think this is really important. Tonight at 5 o'clock on the Blaze TV, I'm going to be going to the chalkboard and explaining the history of Democratic Socialists and what they really mean because this is becoming the Democratic Party and you need to understand what it is. All right, um, your plans for summer vacation. Do they involve your car? Hmm. I remember I bought a 1969 MG. It was the second car I ever bought. And I drove down to the lot in Seattle. And I'll never forget the guy, the guy, as I'm driving off the lot, he comes back up and goes, remember, this is as is. Okay. <laughs> he actually said that as I was driving it away. I'm like 18 years old. I had saved up my, my uh, money and i'm so excited to have this mg and because it is a convertible in seattle like it i mean i can use it like one day and i just thought it was the coolest car it breaks down on the way home mm-hmm. and uh, as, as so an I owner to, of an
3: mg yes of yes, course it broke
1: down on the it, way home that's it what it does and i had to have mm-hmm. that thing towed to my house and my dad said hope you got a good price for that one um <laughs> No, I really didn't. Anyway, uh, so I've had my share of uh, problems with cars. And when your car doesn't have a warranty, it sucks. Now, replacing your engine, replacing some of the sensors now can cost thousands of dollars. There's nothing simple about today's cars. I will tell you there is really nothing simple about that MG either. But anyway, uh, if you have now extended coverage from Car Shield, you don't have to worry about you know where you're taking the car, or how much it's going to cost to fix, because a lot of it is going to be covered now. I want you to go to CarShield.com. One eight hundred car sixty one hundred. One eight hundred car sixty one hundred. You're going to save ten percent on this uh, on this amazing service. That when you go in and you have an oil change and they found something else they have to fix, you don't sweat it. One eight hundred car sixty one hundred. It's uh, a promo code back. You will save 10% at carshield.com promo code back carshield.com deductible may apply. Yeah, uh, Democratic Socialists, uh, something that you need to know. Uh, they have really been called progressives for a long time. The uh, Progressive Caucus is really full of democratic socialists I'm, I'm going to explain tonight on television but i also want to give you a little bit of a highlight of this because they are going to become more and more important um what is a democratic socialist well a democratic socialist was really mikhail gorbachev um the guy who uh, brought down communism a democratic socialist really is what all of the communists became in germany and in the former soviet union they They just took off their uniform and said, yeah, 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 we reject the Stalinist thing. We're democratic socialists. Well, I I want you to hear a little bit about uh, the democratic socialists from their own website and in their own words. um, And see if you think this is what the American people are. You might be surprised uh, because I have a new Frank Luntz poll out It uh, shows how many people really think we should live in a democracy, and it's important. Glenn Coming up next.
3: Glenn Mercury.
4: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: So the Democratic Socialists uh, are now taking off their masks. Remember just a few years ago, uh, if I said that uh, a lot of people around the president were Democratic Socialists, Uh, I was, of course, called a racist for pointing that out. It was it was racist to call people socialists just a few years ago. Well, now it's not now it's becoming very, very popular. Uh, And in fact, we had two major, major upsets uh, last night uh, with um, uh, Democratic Socialists winning. So who are the Democratic Socialists? Because Democratic Socialists sounds really neat. I mean, you know, wow. Well, it's a new kind of idea. You know, we all get to vote on which companies we own. Well, it doesn't usually work that way. Ask Venezuela. But let me let me describe the Democratic Socialists using their own words. We are socialists because we reject an economic order based on private property uh, and profit. Okay, wait a minute. An economic order based on private profit. So. I don't. If I put all of my money into an idea and it makes money, that profit is not mine. That profit belongs to the state and to the people. They reject an economic order based on private proper uh, profit, alienated labor gross inequalities of wealth and power, discrimination based on race, sex, sexual orientation, gender expression, disability status, age, religion, national origin, and brutality and violence in defense of the status quo. Notice it's only violence and brutality in defense of the status quo, which is the capitalist system in defense of. We are socialists because we share a vision of humane social order based on popular control of resources and production, economic planning, equitable distribution, feminism, racial equality, and non-oppressive relationships. Well, how are you going to do that without oppressing someone else? We are socialists because we um, are developing a concrete strategy for achieving that vision for building a majority movement that will make democratic socialism a reality in America. We believe that such a strategy must acknowledge the class structure of American society and that this class structure means that there is a basic conflict of interest between those sectors with enormous economic power and the vast majority of the population. This is populism here. And what they're saying here is, well, if we get enough people to be the majority, then we can go get them and their stuff. Now, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? You're going to tax it or you're going to take it. You're going to remove people from their positions by either convincing them all of a sudden that there is no such thing as private profit profit, which will not happen in a capitalist country, at least for some. You will have to either shut them down, you know, arrest them, kill them, whatever it is. You're going to have you're going to have a whole lot of people who say, no, I don't believe in that. So the class structure has to be changed. Well, how are you going to do that? Now, the DSA, the Democratic Socialists of America, will say, no, 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 we're not like Stalin. We're not communists. However, their own websites say that they are a big tent and multi-tenancy organization. What does that mean well look up wikipedia on wikipedia democratic socialists of america they explain what that means the members express a wide range of socialist and anti-capitalist views well if you're anti-capitalist uh then you're going to have to have a revolution because we are a capitalist country dsa members have wide-ranging views from eco-socialism so in other words the planet is primarily much more important than humans are democratic socialism that's what the soviet union is now in places like venezuela revolutionary socialism which is the opposite of progressivism the only thing that is different between progressivism The roots of progressivism and democratic socialism is the democratic socialists said that we should have revolution and the progressive said, no, let's just do it one piece at a time. Libertarian socialism, which makes no sense to me and Marxist Leninism. Well, if your members include Marxist and Leninist, you can't then say we reject Marxist Leninist and Stalin's. You, You can't do that. Something else that's really interesting to me is the Democratic Socialists of America also have a religion and socialism board and committee, and they are the ones that are um, connecting your faith with socialism. Now, this is liberation theology. Liberation theology is um, is a lie. It's a lie. Liberation theology means we can't all be liberated unless we are all liberated. If you're not part of a liberation movement, then you can't go to heaven. You can't redeem your soul. You can't do any of these things. Nothing can be done as an individual. That is a lie and turns the gospel upside down and on its head. That is being preached here. But if you look at what the progressives wanted and what the communists wanted, remember, progressives are communists without the revolution. I'm talking historically. The communists got together and the fascists at the time, and they said, look, we all agree on socialism, but is the new system going to be fascistic or is it going to be communist? Well, when they saw the communists uh, go at it, they thought it was great. And they actually thought Hitler was great, you know, until Hitler started to go off the rails some. For some reason, which I'll explain later, they didn't want to expose the Soviets, who killed far more people in their gulags than Hitler did, and Mao, who killed far more people than even Stalin did. So if you were going to change America... There does come a point to where you've changed enough of it. But once you get to that point, that final step, it's going to get ugly because there are other people who are just kind of going along going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, I don't want that. And I think that's what's happening again in the country. What they're feeling is, wait, I don't like this mob mentality. I don't like the Twitter police. I don't like the university saying you can't be heard. But not enough people take it seriously because we've never seen it in our country before. But if you're going to dismantle the United States of America, how do you do it? Well, you need a few things. You need school. You need the universities. You need the religious organizations. You need pop culture. You need art. You need those things. The military and the, the structure you can take later, but you have to have those things unless you're going to be in revolution. But as soon as you have a revolution, you need to grab these things to train the people. So the progressives allowed these institutions to be grabbed over 100 years ago. If you don't, if, if, how do you destroy the Constitution? It's really easy. You don't teach it anymore, you don't teach civics anymore in school. You don't teach what it means to be an American and why our system of government is better. It's not the best. I mean, universally speaking, planetary it is. It has provided more freedom and more benefit than anybody else. As soon as there's a better one that comes along, I'll look at it. But it has to provide better freedom. So first thing you have to do is make sure you get them young in the schools. Don't teach them history. Don't teach them American history. You can teach them replacement history, which is all of the things that make America look bad and the founders look bad, but definitely don't teach the Bill of Rights. Don't teach any kind of civics what it means to be a good citizen. When you get to the universities, how do you kill the Constitution? Well, by the time you get to the universities, they have to do a couple of things. They have to stop teaching history, American history, entirely. And that's happening. Then, on the other hand, the other thing you have to do is you also have to replace it. Well, that's why you have all of your Marxist and your postmodernist professors now in the universities. And what are they teaching? The kids have not been taught about communism. They have not been taught about the American system. The younger kids are taught a bunch of garbage. Then they're taught not to think two plus two equals six. Well, how'd you get there, Johnny? Oh, well, that sounds like it's good. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you the point. You're not talking. You're, you're, you're not, um, you're not hearing about critical thinking at all and right and wrong. Don't say they're wrong. I'm sorry. There is right or wrong. So when you get to college, you have them ready now to pour in all kinds of garbage and the popular culture that has to just undermine the American ideals. It has to mock the American ideals. It has to push neo-Marxist, anti-capitalist, post-modernist eco uh, systems as much as it possibly can. In religion, religion will man will always let you down. So religion has just been discrediting itself for a while. But you have to get into the religion. If you're thinking 100 years ago, you have to get in with something. And they did. Social justice and liberation theology. And that allowed them to say, the church, the church. Now, why would a Marxist, I'm sorry, a socialist, Democratic Socialist of America, That is concentrating on the youth that doesn't believe in God. Why would they be preaching liberation theology and have a whole council on socialism in religion? There's been a cultural revolution going on in America. And nobody's been willing to see it or say it. But that is what has happened to us. There is a cultural revolution that was done without the gulags of Mao, without the gulags of Stalin, without the disappearing of people under Che. Look what popular culture has done. They have erased or made people like Abraham Lincoln or, or Thomas Jefferson or George Washington. They've either erased them or discredited them while we're selling in our stores. Pictures of Che and Mao. Democrats, you need to wake up because you have a you've you're now in a socialist organization and maybe you're for that. The latest poll percentage of Americans who say it is absolutely important to live in a democracy. 18 to 25 34 percent 18 to 29 39 percent so you're talking under 39 percent if you are under 30 age 30 to 39 55 percent 40 to 49 59 50 to 64 68 65 plus 77 percent this new generation that is coming up they are embracing democratic socialism because they don't know what it means and because we have had nothing else. They don't even know that it's important to live in a democracy. More on this tonight at 5 o'clock, only on the Blaze TV. You don't want to miss it. Plus, I get into Google and uh, the connections to Barack Obama and the news and what it's going to mean. Holy cow, wait until you see this. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about American financing. Most people create household budgets because they want to take back control of their personal finances. And the desire is often driven by some particular goal. It's reducing debts, or I want to save more money, or I want a down payment on a home, or a home improvement project. Budgeting is smart, and it's an easy way to achieve savings, but it's not the only solution if you're a homeowner. If you own a home, you can now use it to your benefit. Consider a mortgage and refinance to consolidate all of that debt or a cash-out refinance to pay off high-interest debt or major remodeling projects. You might be surprised on how quickly you can get back on track if you consolidate your loans or, or, or pay them off. Get your high-interest uh, credit cards paid off. It'll take you a 10-minute call to the salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing. They're going to get to know your goals first. They'll walk you through all of the options, and then you can close in as fast as 10 days. Call American Financing now, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So after the uh, top of the hour... We're waiting for the runners to run down the steps of the Supreme Court uh, and uh, hand out decisions that are... Uh, it's a, a cool tradition. Made. Yeah. And today is the last of the, the, the hearings, right? Yes, yeah, Last so of the decisions.
3: One big union case remaining. Uh, there's another water rights case. That's not getting a lot of publicity. But the, the union case is pretty interesting. It's about people who aren't in unions and are forced to pay, pay union dues anyway. Yes, This is uh, was what, 4-4 last time they went through now Gorsuch has been added so the hope is that conservatives will hold this one because you should not be forced to support political speech you don't actually believe now well this um, this
1: this could well we'll talk about it after we hear the hearing um uh, or see the results uh, also this is the day that they traditionally
3: announce that I'm going to step down right it could happen uh so if someone is going to retire it's possible they could do it here in just I don't moments. think it's going to do you I think we go the other way, and even if that we don't believe it, we act like it's going to happen, because then it's going to help ratings. Because this could happen at any time. All of them could retire oh in gosh. just moments. I, you better I've stick ju- around. I've just been handed a note. Oh, my, what? Four of them are going to retire. <laughs> oh,
4: which
1: which one Oh, my God. Glenn Beck.
3: Mercury.
0: Glenn Beck.
1: You wake up in the morning, and you think about your children. Do you think about your daughter, Meadow? Can't believe it. She's eighteen today. Eighteen. You named her Meadow for a special reason. You can remember how she looked like a helpless little thing after she was born, and the way the room smelled, and the ground barely beneath you as you strode through the room. Now she's eighteen. Eighteen. She's been accepted to Lynn University. She's leaving the house in the fall. University is close, so that's good. She'll still be around. You think about it, and for that moment, you have apprehension of her leaving, the excitement of what's ahead for her, and the peace and weightlessness of a father that can watch his children transform into beautiful ways. And then you remember. Today's the day I have to bury Meadow. Every day now is like the day you have to bury Meadow all over again. It's unimaginable that you're never going to see your little girl. The little girl that said... Promise me we'll be married. Daddy, I love you so much. This is the daily struggle of a guy named Andrew Pollock. You might remember the name Meadow because she was murdered in the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting. But nobody really told you the whole story, because we didn't find out until now. The shooter that came in shot Meadow four times. As the shooter prowled closer, Meadow struggled to get into a classroom just to protect herself, but the door was locked, and the teacher wouldn't open it. So Meadow crawled over to another student and, and acted as a shield. Five more rounds spat out of the gun, hitting Meadow. She collapsed. No more breath in her body. Does it give you any comfort as a dad to know that your daughter died a hero? Protecting someone else. As if all of that weren't enough. Andrew Pollock now has to deal with this. We've discovered now that two of the men whose jobs were to protect the students that day, Andrew Medina and David Taylor, the two security guards at the school, could have done the same. No, no, no. It's not that they could have. That's what they were there for. They should have done the same, the same as what Meadow did. The men were baseball coaches. These two had developed a lurid reputation among the girls at Stonewall High School. One of the guards, Andrew Medina, saw the shooter approaching the school and failed to phone in a code red. Instead, he just radioed the other security guard, David Taylor, David David just locked himself up into a janitor's closet and waited for the danger to pass. That's not the part that I think Andrew is having a hard time dealing with as a dad. You see, one of these guards previously sexually harassed Meadow. He had asked this high school student out for drinks. She complained to the school. A report on the matter notes that both students became so uncomfortable with Medina's uh, comments and his actions that they sought out different routes to their classes in attempt to avoid him. Now imagine that from the perspective of Meadows' dad. Not only did two teachers at Meadows' school, two grown men, harass and intimidate her They cowered in fear when they should have bolted into action. And their cowardice led to Meadow's tragic, unimaginable death. You know, no matter what your belief is, I think Dante and his levels of hell, I think that Dante had some incredible insight. There's a reason Dante's Inferno structures hell, so that the... Lustful and the gluttonous and the wrathful are near the top, the warmer, more pleasant parts of eternal hell. those sins, while destructive, they're not patently insidious. The lowest level of hell is reserved for those of treachery. the people who in life, cared only for themselves at the cost of other people. There's a reason that the center of hell is literally ice-cold, frozen. Because this is where the cowards gather. This is where the cowards bind in unending darkness, cold and shivering darkness. Well, perhaps the two men, one of which who hid in that janitor's closet... Perhaps he'll be happy to know where he's headed. After all, it seems as though he likes cold and dark places.
0: It's Wednesday,
1: June 27th. This is the Glenbeck program. <sighs> Tonight at five o'clock on the Blaze TV, I'm going to be doing a uh, an opening monologue and putting all the pieces together to show you that uh, I think we know. I think we know now why Parkland w- w- was such a big deal. I think we know why everyone in, involved in that was so willing to jump on the stage and jump to conclusions that it was a gun didn't make sense to me. I said at the time, something's missing. Something's something's not right here. We know what it is now. I really believe we know what it is. As I'll line out tonight, there were so many people hiding so many things, from the sheriff to the school district to the county to, to these two hiding Everybody had a really important reason to point to the gun because it meant that all of them wouldn't be found out. I don't think we're done with the scandal in Parkland. And that doesn't even even begin to touch what the media did. Here's all of this information, and we're just slowly finding out now. And is the media jumping to correct it? Are they, are they angry that they had been used? Or were they the ones who were using? Tonight, 5 o'clock only in the Blaze TV.
3: And it makes it that much more frustrating that they tried to make this case about the Second Amendment and oh gosh. firearms. There has never been. I, I, and there's a, a story in history that is more provably this, uh, explained by incompetence. This story is from start to finish.
1: I mean, it is a great blessing that they picked this story because this story that you don't have to if you were a Second Amendment person, you don't have to worry about any of this stuff, any of it. This all was incompetence. This all was People covering their butt, making excuses.
3: Yeah, I that's mean, all this was. Here's a, there's a, two different people that could have stopped this. It makes a third, that makes three. three. We yeah. know the first one, we've, right. which is the main one they talked about originally. Yeah, but now here's two more. But here's two more. One of the guys sexually harassed one of the, oh, so just dis- the one of the girls that was actually killed in the shooting. Sexu- he had previously sexually harassed her he didn't stop it when he saw the suspicious student approaching but he knew it was suspicious It took the time to, to radio his friend so he could hide in a janitor's closet and the only reason he's there is because they, he, he, they went after uh, when he sexually harassed the students they looked at it found that he did do it and instead of getting rid of him they only suspended him for three days three days for sexually harassing high school students as, as a security guard, it's I, this story. Every time there is an update to it, you think it can't possibly get worse. And every time it does. If I were a parent, I would be screaming, well, bloody
1: murder. Mm. I would be screaming for justice. This school and this county needs to clear all of these people out. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is a. Uh, Nasty nest of vipers and treachery,
3: and that includes, you know, many in the sheriff's department as well. Oh yeah, the, the sheriff's department has just been a complete disgrace in this. And no, they, no, 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 no. They've got a new uh, paint job on their car. Oh yeah, their new Dodge Challenger. They're, yeah. they're, you they're, see they're that? advertising it on social media. Look yeah, at our new great. paint job. Yeah. It's oh yeah. Really it's, great. That's fantastic. What have you done? Unreal. Unreal. I, I, it's it's inexplicable. It's inexplicable. I, I cannot believe this. And and I I I. Cow I find a safe space when I convince myself falsely that this is a, uh, a an isolated, pathetic, corrupt place. Because I think in reality, what you'd find when you really investigate it is this is happening a lot more often and a lot uh, and it is much more spread out around the country than we realize. I mean, you know, they're talking about one of these security guys making eighteen thousand dollars a year, and it's like, well. You pay somebody $18,000 a year. I, you pay them $0 a year. You should not act as if they did. But, I mean, you're paying them $18,000 a year. You are excusing this behavior. You're suspending them for three days for sexual harassment of students. How? What's the percentage of this uh, uh, of schools that are like this in, in, in America, in the public school system? It, let's just say it's 10%. Can you imagine the numbers that are associated with that 10%? And I'm sure it's higher. It's a... Uh,
1: it's It's why it's why big government doesn't work it's why big government Mm -hmm. and and protection from unions doesn't work look at everybody was scratching everybody's back everybody was like look i'm going to turn my eyes on this one you help me over here that's that's what was happening here and what did they do (laughs) they target the constitution they know what really happened but they'll target the Constitution of the United States. Mm. It, is, it is so reprehensible. I mean, the, 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 the eternal price, if you believe in uh, eternal prices, the eternal price of all of us losing the rights of man. This is the first time the world has ever had them. I just want to remind you, it's never happened until America. You think, who's going to defend them now? Russia, China, who's going to defend them if we lose them? England, Germany, Africa, India, who's going to, who's going to stand up for the rights of man. They will be lost. And the eternal price that each of us will pay. I don't even want to think about it. I, I I don't know how I face my maker and go, yeah, okay, I know, I know we were put in charge of those rights and well, but our stuff was really important. No, my reputation was really important. No, I, I couldn't lose my job. You didn't. You just. You don't understand. I. I would have had to sacrifice too much. As you realize who you're talking to. I can't imagine. But at least we're trying to stand up. People who are hiding in janitors' closets. People who are cowering behind a a wall and won't advance. A sheriff that knows exactly what happened and who that kid was that will get on television and say it is the document that guarantees man's freedom that caused this oh oh, i I hope i'm standing in line behind him i really do because i'm just my defense is i wasn't that guy i (laughs) wasn't that guy Let me tell you uh, a little bit about cryptocurrency. I, I I didn't know anything about cryptocurrency when it was first. Mark Andreessen, <laughs> sitting in his office.
3: and uh, You are a moron. This story, if there's ever moron. a story that wants you Shut want to convince up. yourself you that Glenn's a moron. You know how many millions moron? I have lost? <laughs> for? Oh, there's like four of these stories. <laughs> Why wasn't I in this meeting? <sighs> and Then I wouldn't have to be sitting here with you. God. <sighs> I came home and told you. Mark Andreessen. Yeah, I don't know about that.
1: What even? Oh, uh, okay. uh, all right. you. Okay. Revisionist history. Okay, Mr. Parkland High School. <laughs> 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 anyway, so Mark says to me, you got to invest in cryptocurrency. You got to do Bitcoin. And it was like $34 a coin or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> that's crazy. I don't even understand what he was talking about. And he's looking at me across the table going, Really? You should invest in this. And I'm like,
3: yeah, yeah. All right. The worst part is <laughs> okay. we, were, we were actually interested in it too. It's yeah. not, it actually isn't yes. like a dismissal. It was just, no. a, I don't really get it. Right. I, and uh, you know what?
1: Damn, Warren Buffett. He always said, don't invest in things you don't understand. <laughs> Shut up, Warren. Shut up.
3: Or maybe the solution is just to actually understand. Yeah, well, that's
1: what we were trying to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was too late uh, with Tika Tawari, Now, he's a guy who came in because we called him and said, hey, can you help us? This is a guy who is, um, you know, been in cryptocurrencies for a long time, made tons of people, tons of money. Uh, and he really could explain it to us. And so us two dummies uh, sat in my office and we we're like, okay, Tika, tell us, how do you buy it exactly? <laughs> yeah, he was talking down to us. But anyway, he's, he did such a great job of explaining it to us that we thought, can you do this for our audience? And so he's developed a smart crypto course, smartcryptocourse.com. Tell you everything you need to know about cryptocurrencies, why they look to be tanking. Uh, is there an upside to them? uh everything about blockchain that you need to know smartcryptocourse.com go there now take this smartcryptocourse.com or call 877-PBL-BECK that's 877-PBL-BECK smartcryptocourse.com let me go to uh let me go to sean in texas hello sean you're on the glenbeck program
2: how you doing today sir pretty good how are you i I'm great. i have a I have a question. I've, I've been. I got off Fox News. I got off of MSNBC, off uh, CNN uh, a few months ago, mm-hmm. tired of being lied to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started listening to you. I started listening to Ben Shapiro, and and I started listening to more um, out of the box mm-hmm. thinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep hearing you and everybody on the right uh, talking about dismissing the Trump claim that the media is the biggest threat right now, and. I would like you because of your history background. I'm a history person. I would like to hear your thoughts and your if you see reason firmly in your chair and look at it from the standpoint of if someone outside of our country attacked us, how how do we handle that? How have we handle that in the past, and what is our bigger threat—an outside force or us being divided from within? Because I see the media just running around lighting fires.
1: Okay. So, so, okay. So let me, let me understand your question here before I begin to, to try to answer it. Um, can you tell me exactly? Cause I, and I'm not playing a game with you. I really don't have a recollection of saying dismiss Trump's claim that the media is our biggest problem.
2: Well, he he keeps tweeting out that it's the biggest threat. And, 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 and what we hear is that it's not, it's Iran, it's North Korea, it's other things. Um, I, I look at it as it's a huge threat because they're controlling the information. People like me, I work my 40, 50 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to read. I don't have time to, to devote to dig through the truth. So I rely on you guys. I rely, rely on the media to tell me the truth so that I can be informed.
1: Okay, so. And- all right, so I think there's just a, a matter of nuance here. Um, our, our biggest threat of a, uh, of a hostile takeover uh, would be, I would say, from Russia, a country, a force that is outside our biggest threat. As Abraham Lincoln said, uh, for us to be destroyed, uh, it won't come from the outside. It'll come from the inside. And so I think you're right uh, to say that, yes, the press plays a, a gigantic threat but I think again, we live in a world without nuance, that nuance is important, and I want to address that next, also, the results of the Supreme Court, the, the nude rulings coming Glenn, out. Next. Back. Mercury. So I just had a, a phone call a minute ago, said uh, Glenn. Um, you know, I hear people, you know, like you or Ben Shapiro, and you are dismissing a uh, you're dismissing Donald Trump saying the press is our biggest enemy i think we have to look at this with nuance um uh, the press is now hear me carefully the press is not our enemy their arrogance is because it's their arrogance that is an enemy not of mine but of truth justice the american way it's their arrogance It's the same thing, quite honestly, with Donald Trump. Is Donald Trump a threat to our society? Uh, His arrogance. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, The press is remarkable. Remarkable. Because Donald Trump has said over and over again, yeah, I don't like looking at many mistakes of the past. What mistakes? I don't like thinking about those things. Um, You know, I've never had anything I've had to ask forgiveness for. So we know who he is. Hey, we know he's not soul checking. He's not like he's not wrestling at night going "Geez, Should I have done that or not? He's not doing that. And he is open and he admits it. Now, I don't think that's a sign of a good quality, you know, uh, human being. However, it's been priced in. I know who he is. And so there is this part of America that is like willing to accept that because at least he's honest. I mean, he's not honest, but he's honest about who he is. Well, I mean, not entirely, but he's he just says what's, what that he's thinking. He's not even saying what the truth is. He's not uh, telling it like it is. He is just saying the things that can get him to win. And that's what's important to him. And he said that, look, I'm all about winning and you're going to, we're going to win so much. You're going to be sick of winning. Okay. Well, I am not sick of it yet. I just want to point that out. I'm not sick of it yet, but that's who he is. And so the American people have looked at, come on, let's be honest with ourselves. Okay. I don't know if anybody is adult enough to be honest, but let's be honest with ourselves. Come on. The stormy Daniels thing happened and you know it, you know it now. What does that mean? Why play the game? Everybody has priced that in. I mean, he was, have you listened to his appearances on Howard Stern? Do you think it's more likely that that's who he is or that he was just playing a role for Howard Stern? Come on, that's who he is. And we all know it. And we all decided to turn the other way. Everybody in America, well, you know, half of America decided to look the other way and say, well, you know what? Doesn't matter. I want to win. So when the media says, How are they accepting that? Because he doesn't say he's this great saint. He doesn't say that. He's not telling you, I'm the bearer of truth. He's just saying stuff. And then he's pointing at you guys, going, Look at you. They're lying. And what are you saying? You're running ads. You're telling people all the time, we're the most trusted name in news. Well, that's not saying an awful lot. And you keep trying to defend your credibility when you have none. Okay, this is happening. What did Barack Obama do? This is the most honest and transparent uh, administration of all time. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't and you know that but you wouldn't say anything about it do you hear donald trump saying oh yeah i'm an open book i'm an absolute open book i'll show you anything and then not show you no no once he did that once i think he learned his lesson but even then we all knew he's not going to show us those records there's no way he's going to show us those records we all knew we priced it in the press They have their feelings hurt. They're playing an emotional game. And I know this because I played it too. The more the press mocked me, the more the press said I was wrong, the more names that they press called me, the more determined I was to prove them wrong. No, I have the facts on my side. You are wrong. And so it just juiced me up more and more and more and more because the more they mocked me and the more I knew I was right, oh, I just, uh, then it it was a challenge between me and them. But the truth doesn't matter to them. And this is what I learned. The truth doesn't matter. Look at how they treated the, you can keep your doctor. No, you can't. We all knew that. Oh, I'm not for universal health care. Here he is on tape. They didn't care. Well, you know what? I'll I'll tell you, it's $2,500 savings. That's what it is. No, it's not. The math doesn't work. Now, they'll all say, yeah, well, well, two years later, we came out and said that was the biggest lie." Oh, yeah. Two years later when it was too late. Big deal. They didn't pay attention to the IRS. Hillary Clinton's emails, do you think they investigated that the way they're investigating Donald Trump? No, and they know that. But they keep claiming, no, 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 we are straight up. No, you're not. No, you're not. You want to gain some respect, just say, yep, we're in the bag for the Democrats. Or we're in the bag, we just want to destroy Donald Trump because we think he's enemy number one. Just say it. You'll have a chance of having more credibility. You know why I'm not freaked out by the Democratic socialists that are winning? Because they're saying who they are. Great. Great. It's the arrogance that the press says, I have to destroy him. Jeremiah Wright? Barack Obama? I said he was a socialist. They said that I was a racist? Excuse me? So it's the arrogance of the press that is a real danger to us now. A free press is critical, and they are a free press. However, that is changing, and we're going to get into this in coming days. The relationship between Barack Obama and Google is terrifying because he's moving them not to a utility. He wants to make sure, Google, 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 you'll never be a utility. Don't worry about that. We should look at you as a good You know, because you're controlling all this information and you're pointing people in a direction. Have you thought about not just giving people the information that they are looking for? Give them the information that we think is important for them to have. Oh, well, that'll be good. That is when the press becomes a real danger. Really, truly suppressing and highlighting through algorithms, suppressing voices, and putting them into a digital algorithmic ghetto. When that happens, you've lost your country. You've lost your freedom. You've lost your voice. But the secret to curing this is humility. We have to be more humble. They have to be more humble. Donald Trump needs to be more humble. If that happens, we can save it. Good news is, I don't think, I don't think that's happening, so <laughs> we don't have to worry about working so hard. Okay, we're going to the, um, we're gonna get to what the justices said. There's some really good news and really some interest, something
3: interesting that Stu and I talked about just the other day. It's kind of making me giddy. I'm making it into a thing. We are, are working hard to make this into a thing. Okay. All right. So we'll tell you
1: what that is. You're going to love it. It's coming up <laughs> in uh, just a second. All right. Have you thought about selling your home? Because right now is the time that you should sell your home. Right now. Realestateagentsitrust.com or the people that you should go Uh, and talk to about selling your home. Working with the right agent makes a significant difference in the outcome of buying or selling a home. We have a 1,000 agents all over America who are just like you. Their word is their bond. They're fans of the show. They they share your sensibilities. Um, The agents are fully vetted. They're handpicked by my team for their knowledge, their skill, and their track record. They know the area. They are the best people in your area. Thousands of families have already put real estate agents i trustcom they 've been put to the test the results are remarkable I think they can help you real estate agents i trustcom they 've already helped families who are moving to another area families who are taking care of their parents remotely or just helping families get the most for their home as quickly as possible so go to real estate it 's real estate agents I Looks like we have another day that we're just not going to be able to get to the racist porn story. No! We have to get to it. It is so good. <laughs> so good. I brought this to the table a couple of days ago, and I said to Stu, I read this story. I don't know if we can do this on the air. Let me just read it to you, because I think it needs to be read verbatim. And uh, he looks at it about halfway through. He just goes, no, no. And I'm like, can't, be, right? can't do it on the air. And he's like, no, you have to read it on the air <laughs> and no you can read it no other way than verbatim <laughs> it's, just, it's so good it's so fantastic all
0: right
1: anyway so, so let's talk about the uh what happened with the supreme court today this is the last day of decisions coming down the pike
3: yes uh so uh janice was the big uh decision uh, the big one that was held out for today i like janice janice is a uh guy oh uh, who okay. uh i don't well, know I Maybe like, you like guys. Him. Uh, and oh, totally. Yeah. And so he was like, you know what? I don't like the things the unions are doing with my money. I love. I've Janus. noticed they keep taking my money, however, and I didn't approve it at any point. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has gone through the courts several times. Versions of this case back in the seventies originally, and they said, mm-hmm. you know what? Public uh, sector unions, sure, you can just take people's money, and uh, even if you don't, uh, even if they don't approve of it, mm-hmm. you can take your money for union dues. Mm-hmm. The argument behind it is, well, we're arguing collectively for everyone, and you're getting the benefits of it. So you have to pay uh, the unions to argue on your behalf because you're getting the benefits of it whether you agree to it or not. That's their argument. Mm-hmm. So of course, the, you know the unions do all sorts of things like spend money on political causes that you may not agree with. Sure. Um, so the Supreme Court ruled correctly. Uh, this is not a big surprise because it was four four last time. Uh, Scalia certainly would have made it five four. Mm-hmm. Gorsuch does make it five four here, um, and they rule that you cannot take money from only only in. Imp- this only affects public sector unions, however, so it's an important distinction. It's limited, um, but you cannot take money from people unless they agree to it. Importantly, knowing uh, Cass Sunstein, uh, what would you do if they said, "Well, you can't take money unless they approve it"? You would do not an opt. Uh, you would do uh, not an opt in. You do an opt out, right? You'd say, "Oh, well, you're automatically in unless you opt out of it." Well, the, the court specifically addressed that future move by uh, unions and said you can't do it that way. It's got to be an opt in for public ser- sector unions. This is going to financially devastate uh public sector unions they're going to have to figure something out hmm. that is the argument from um now justice kagan had the dissent in this case we'll get to kagan here more in a minute yes yeah, so but you're sh- going to sh- love it this part i you will really like this part you will not she her in her dissent she's like well public quote public employee unions will lose a secure source of financial support yep they sure will the court uh addressed that claim we recognize the loss of payments from uh, non-members may cause unions to experience unpleasant transition costs in the short term and may require unions to make adjustments in order to attract and retain members. But we must weigh these disadvantages against the considerable windfall that unions have received under the uh, previous ruling for the past 41 years. It's hard to estimate how many billions of dollars have been taken from non-members and transferred to public sector unions in violation of the First Amendment. Those unconstitutional exactions cannot be allowed to continue indefinitely. Uh, by the way, uh, Samuel Alito writing uh, for the majority in this particular case, mm-hmm. and again, he you know it doesn't get a lot of uh, uh, attention because he's not maybe as flashy as some of the other justices, but he's been very solid in most cases. Um, Boy, the the. the they're just with
1: um, with the way they've been deciding and there's been no difference in balance we just didn't haven't lost anything um, and the decisions of the court this
3: season have been really quite good yeah if you're one of those people and we have many in this audience who uh, said I really am not a big Donald Trump fan but I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for him anyway because of the Supreme Court it's a good week for you because there's been a, several important five4 decisions that if you know, Merrick Garland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you also, by the way, should be praising Mitch McConnell on this. He deserves, you know, he really did a lot of the heavy lifting on this one. Boy, that hurts to say it, it that. Really or even hear it, but uh, it's true. Again, whether you think it's right or wrong, I mean, the left, absolutely. Because you're going to see this next Supreme Court justice, let's say Kennedy does retire. By the way, no retirements, uh, unfortunately. No retire. Um, but, uh, They're going to drop dead in their robe. Uh, yeah, well, it's probably true. But if, uh, if, if you want to see what's going to happen next if let's say a kennedy or someone from the left retires or goes away for whatever reason health or whatever you're there the left is going to do everything they can to make it so they cannot get anyone through and you will see a 4-4 court for a very long time or a 4-3 court or whatever they're not gonna they're gonna they're gonna try to Merrick garland donald trump so we'll see how that works um so you could argue that that was not a good move for those reasons uh, by McConnell, but the payoff, the means, the the ends are there. You can question the means, but the ends are there with this decision this week, proving it uh, in a big way. Now, for the very first time, uh, you're seeing something happen uh, that we've
1: never. Oh, I love this. Ever seen? Mm-hmm. And I just want to go on the record that. I think what's happening here, of course, is a a
3: grand strategy. Of course. That's what the Democrats are now telling themselves. Right. Uh, So Elena Kagan, Mm -hmm. one of Barack Obama's uh, Mm -hmm. justices, Mm -hmm. uh, someone very liberal, Mm -hmm. several times in this session has sided with the conservatives several times. The most recent is this uh, case between Florida and Georgia about water rights. I won't bore you with all the details on it. Bottom line is it was a 5-4 decision, went the liberal way. However, it was a very strange alignment. It was the three very liberal justices plus Roberts and Kennedy. So you get the moderate, you get one of the, you know, Roberts has been kind of a disappointment for the right in several cases, but it's generally conservative. It seems like the same thing is sort of developing with Kagan. She sides with Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch in the minority on that case. And she's she's been on the, if you're a liberal, the wrong side several times. We're about to start getting this thing where The same frustration we have with Roberts. Oh, they were already doing it. Is happening with them for Kagan. I've read a
1: couple of pieces that they're still in this denial that we've been in, like with Roberts. Oh no, it's some grand strategy. No, it's not. No, it's not. You chose incorrectly, perhaps. Mercury. Glenn Beck. Well, apparently, we can't talk enough about the First Amendment and what it means. According to the annual Constitution Day Civics Survey, they say over one-third of Americans can't name our First Amendment. Not a single right in our First Amendment. Latest stat I heard, one out out of every 1,000 citizens cannot name any of the, no, sorry, the five rights in the First Amendment. First Amendment, first one. So one out of 1,000
3: can actually name all five.
1: Yeah, one out of 1,000 can actually do it. People that don't know their most basic fundamental rights um, are asking for slavery. That's just what it is. That's what's happening right now in the People's Republic of California. California State Senate now considering a bill that would create a government fake news advisory group to supervise information posted and spread on social media. Oh, good. So the government will be able to tell us what's fake or not. That sounds really good. The group would uh, develop criteria for what is considered fake news and then create a plan to fix the problem. So here's why we have to talk about the First Amendment early and often, because a giant state in our nation is about to create a special government censorship advisory group, and most people won't even bat an eyelid. In fact, they might celebrate. A lot of Californians will nod and applaud the effort. Oh, I know that pesky fake news. It's such a problem. Something's got to be done. Bravo. Fake news may be annoying, and both the right and the left generate lots of it. But the very last thing any American should want is a government giving the thumbs up or down on what can be considered legitimate news. You think we'd know the name Monica Lewinsky if the government had that power? You think we'd know about Watergate if the government had that power? I don't think so. Besides that, censorship, um, you know, is really against the law. Now, the left hates to hear this, and at times the right hates to hear it, too. But the Bill of Rights remains law. And it means that the citizen has a right to say and publish what you believe, even if it's made up news, even if it's about the government. In fact, most importantly, if it's about the government. George Hay is a guy I've been reading lately. He was a U.S. district uh, court judge in Virginia in the early 1800s. been reading him because he had to deal with the Sedition Act. He knew and served alongside of many of our founding fathers. He was a passionate defender of the Bill of Rights, especially the First Amendment. In 1799, he published an essay on the liberty of the press. The insane things that are happening in California's fake news advisory board... Um, We're kind of happening here in America at that time. And it's worth revisiting his essay and actually having an intelligent discussion about it. He wrote, and I want to quote it. It is obvious in itself, and it is admitted by all men, that freedom of speech means the power uncontrolled by law of speaking either truth or falsehood. At the discretion of the individual, provided no other individual be injured. This power is, as yet, in its full extent in the United States. The man may say everything which his passions suggest. He may employ all of his time, all of his talents, if he's wicked enough, to do so in speaking against the government in matters that are false, scandalous, and malicious. And yet he should be safe within the sanctuary of the press, even if he condemns the principle of Republican institutions, small r, republic, Republican, it, it, um, if he censors uh, uh, censures the uh, measures of our government, even if he ascribes to them, meaning government officials, measures and acts which had never been in existence thus violating at once every principle of decency and truth. Do you hear what he's saying here? You, you should be able to do and say whatever you want, as long as it doesn't injure someone else. You need to be able to have that freedom, and that freedom must remain under the protection of the press. He may endeav- endeavor to corrupt mankind, not only by opinions that are erroneous, but by facts which are false. Still, however, he will be safe. Now, listen to this. This turns the whole thing upside down. This will open your mind for thinking. Because, he writes, he lives in a country where religious freedom is established. If then freedom of religion will not permit a man to be punished for publishing any opinions on religious topics and supporting those opinions by entirely false facts. Surely freedom of the press, which is the medium of all publications, will not permit a man to be punished for publishing any opinion on any subject and supporting it by any opinion whatsoever. So if we can print things Uh, We can print the atheist by or the uh, the Satanist Bible. If we can print things and we should from atheists, even people that print lies about our religion, as long as it's free to do that. Why are we so upset about the lies that are being told in government? Why? Why would we ask the government to control those? Would you ask the pope To put together a council to control those who are speaking out against religion? I know I wouldn't. And I wouldn't because I know this country and mankind has survived fake news. But it will not survive the shredding of the First Amendment.
0: It's Wednesday, June 27th. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: So uh, we have the uh, we have the uh, head of uh, St. Andrew's College, and I'm a little concerned. Like, I went to Oxford. Uh, he wrote a he wrote a book called uh, The Reformed Palatinate: the Elohiste, <laughs> uh, which I, of course, have read several times, but it might be over. You know, everybody else's head. Oh, you're concerned about the listeners.
4: Yeah. Not not yourself. Not
1: me looking like an idiot talking to this guy. You're you're concerned about the listeners. Of course. Mm -hmm. So I just want you to know that I'm going to take the role of the moron here.
0: (laughs) So you don't have
1: to. Uh, uh, Dr. Benjamin Merkel, how are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. Very, very good. Um, So uh, the new St. Andrews College, it's. In of all places, Moscow, Idaho. Yes, exactly.
0: Yes, right. Uh, and you know, we are the other NSA in Moscow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so you are the only university or college that does not take any public money, right?
0: Uh, well, actually, we're—I would say we're one of a few because um, I think uh, Hillsdale, mm-hmm. uh, Grove City, Patrick. And theres there are about five or six of us that fall into that category but we're one of the very very few
1: okay and i'm i'm aware of hillsdale and i think they do a remarkable job and it is completely different than what you find uh at you know anybody who takes a dime of public money what is what's the difference
0: well i think the the first thing is um you know there's a there's a principled sacrifice that you're making in order to preserve a certain sort of integrity and freedom in the institution. And I think that's what you have is that at the foundation, you have a certain freedom in the institution because you're not taking that money and tied to the strings that that, that money comes with.
1: Um, are you having a hard time finding professors uh, to that that, that that think this way? I know of if- I know of several universities that you know they do take uh, state and federal funds, but they try to right. but they're having a hard time finding professors that aren't so you know screwed up
0: right well no actually, I think we actually um, we have a pretty good uh, lineup of professors and of course um. You know, we're a conservative Christian college, and that probably defines the sort of DNA of the professors that we're looking for. And then once you have some of those theological principles there, then this stance, I think, goes along really nicely with it. Um, but it's more, it's more for us a challenge of finding guys that are, like, theologically there with the academic yeah. chops that we yes. need. Yes,
3: I've noticed uh, over the years, uh, Doctor, that there's a... You're talking to me? No, I'm not talking to you. I'm a, I'm a doctor, You're not too. really a doctor. No, I'm a, talking I'm, to the actual doctor. I'm a doctor, doctor. doctor of humanities, uh. which means I'm a physician for anything in the body. It's not what it means. I'm pretty uh, sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I've noticed this sort of pattern over the years that a lot of uh, schools uh, in the public sphere... Um, that are outwardly or at least were founded as christian schools catholic schools um all sorts of various religious schools don't seem to be all that religious anymore (laughs) you're not talking about Yale. there's a lot of examples we could go through dozens probably do you think that is that is that tied to the the fact that they're taking money from the government
0: well, I think that there are a lot of factors, but I can't help but think that the financial one is a huge player in it. It, it's, um, it is such a huge... Uh, and the, the interesting thing is, is we're, we know, of course, that the public universities obviously have to rely on quite a lot of state and federal money, but you expect that the private schools have some sort of independence from it. But what's really interesting is when you look into the actual finances of private liberal arts colleges... Um, they're taking, in in their revenue stream, they're getting more money from federal money, Pell Grants and student Mm. loans, than they are from tuition checks from mom and dad. Wow. And you don't, it, it doesn't register like that because the Pell Grant and the student loan comes in as tuition, but once you trace it all back, you see that they actually depend more on the federal government than they do on tuition. So if you think about it, it would be easier for them to cut all tuition than it is to cut the federal money. Wow. And so that means whenever there's any sort of um, string that is put on that federal money, as we saw um, the Obama administration was really playing that hard. They, they took um, Title nine and applied it to sexual orientation, gender identity, and a whole host of other things. And then said that any school that's taking any federal money, you've got to, you've got to fall in on these new definitions. And what you find is, when push comes to shove, they, these schools need that money, and so they're going to change. They're they're going to find a way to accommodate it. Are you, uh, um, and so, go ahead. It, it really is a, a, a pretty significant pull that I think has undermined the credibility of a lot of schools.
1: How concerned are you? I mean, as a as an outside observer, I am, I am freaking out about um sending my kids to college I, I mean i quite honestly don't want them to i i think you can you know you can take an mi you can you can audit mit for free online um and right. i just don't need any of right. my i don't need the indoctrination of my kids
0: yeah um and that's exactly what it is it's indoctrination right now at most schools it really is so h- how concerned
1: should we as parents be um because we're all sending our kids because, well, you have to, they have to go to college and well, my kid will right. you know, they'll, I, I think we are just putting them into the lion's den and we're lying yeah. to ourselves that we're doing good. Yeah. Well,
0: we're, we're really, I, I think most people are pretty unthinking about what they're doing. Um, and then what, what happens is a lot of us are remembering our college experience and projecting it on to what our kids would experience. And what we don't realize is just even in the last 20 years, it has changed so radically that you're not sending your kids to receive the experience that you had. It's a different world. So I would say how alarmed should we be? Um, I would think very, very, very alarmed. Um, One of the, one of the statistics I think is really shocking is uh, from a Christian perspective um, we've seen a number of surveys that have demonstrated that it's Mm -hmm. um, of, of kids who are attending church regularly in their senior year in high school, by the time they finish their freshman year in college, three out of four of them will have walked away from their faith mm. and they're, they're no longer involved as Christians. And so and it's it's I,
1: even I, even at Christian so-called Christian colleges that were included in that, yeah. it, it still is like I, I, about yeah, I, half, I, I think, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I, I think the Christian colleges are actually in a lot of ways almost worse. worse than the state schools because you go thinking you're getting one thing and you're sort of lulled into a, a false complacency. Um, that and and there's something very different that's going on.
1: My, my daughter went to a uh, Catholic college. She went to Fordham, and the uh, okay. and they were they were teaching that the Bible is is false, is is not real. And I mean, it's like she came home and told yeah. me some stuff, and I'm like, wait, wait, what, what, what? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy.
4: So.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a scary. I, you know, one of the statistics I like to, or a, a visual image that I think helps parents to think about is, if you were to have, if you were to sign your children up to be in the boats on the Normandy Beach invasion, they would have a better chance of surviving that than um, wow. surviving spiritually in college just now. Um, you know, and that's cow. not something most most parents are like eager to sign their children up for that experience, but we do it in a pretty unthinking way right now.
3: I think with the best intentions, I think you know. A lot of times, yeah. w- you you do this with the best of intentions. Yeah, just, they have to have an education. Because you just so they don't just have to. Is there another yeah. path to go? And and of course, there is another path to go. Um, of course, uh, New Saint Andrews is is a great uh, example of this, and and there's a few others. Uh, but I, yeah. I think that that's kind of what we do. We just we you know we we put ourselves in that position that I'm hey, I'm doing the best thing I can for my kids, and then your hands off from there. Uh, and that's yeah. you got to go further than that. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, uh, Dr. Merkel, thank you so much, um, and thanks for holding the line um, uh, with uh, New St. Andrews College. And uh, yeah, anything that we can do to help, um, uh, we will.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, I think the more you raise awareness of this issue and note that, I mean, like I said, New St. Andrews, we're, we're not the only ones. I do think there are a handful of other colleges that are doing something similar. And I'd, I'd love to see parents just think more critically about um, what that next step is. And, and one of them might be they don't need to go to college. I do think some in some instances we overplay the significance of the college education, mm. and there are a lot of better paths forward.
1: Amen to that. Thank you very much, Dr. Benjamin Merkel, uh, from New St. Andrews College. If you are thinking about sending your kids to college, uh, I
3: highly recommend you you check it out. It's an NSA website. You'll be feel comfortable going to as yeah. well. Uh, NSA.edu
1: is the yeah. site. It's just not the National Security Agency. No, it's got it's, nothing to do with uh, that. Yeah, nothing to do with that. All right. NSA in Moscow. I love that. All right. Um, let me uh, let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It is Goldline. They have a brand new product that has been uh, been printed and minted by the uh, Canadian Mint. And what it is is this just amazing thing? It's the four nines, pure ninety nine point nine 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 percent pure silver, and it's a it's called a maple flex bar. And the reason why is it comes as like a credit card, but then you can take and you can um, you can break it apart. And it's comprised of 19 individual bars that make up two ounces of silver. Now, what this is for is case things go to hell in a handbasket. We have we've had Canada, the mint up in Canada. We suggested they make these for gold. They were not breakable like this. And they were too. I mean, they're so valuable that how are you going to break it up? This is something that you could break up. Your kids could keep with them. You keep them in case of an emergency and you can actually use them as money and barter. It's bullion. It's like a coin, except it's a bar. It makes a great investment. It makes a, a great um, a great investment in case things especially go to hell in a handbasket. It contains one twentieth uh, ounce bars, five one-tenth ounce, four one-quarter ounce bars. Each bar, legal tender, uh, guaranteed for its weight and purity by the Royal Canadian Mint. It is clearly minted by that. It's called the Maple Flex, and it is available only Only at Goldline. You can find out more information about this, owning gold or silver. Find out if it's right for you. But I would recommend that you do it. I have a, I have a, um, I don't know. I'm just not comfortable with the direction of where things are right now. I think we are headed for some trouble. Free shipping, same price as credit card, check or bank, wire. but doesn't matter. Qualifying orders also can take advantage of Goldline's unique price shield program. Call today. Find out how easy it is to own this product it's Maple Flex or gold or silver from Goldline 1866 goldline 1866 goldline or goldline.com
0: Glenn back
1: so we have uh, we have a lot to talk about yet today. Uh, we have the, uh, the red hen that thing is that street's been shut down by police now it's crazy what's going on there uh we uh uh we also have uh, some more information about uh the supreme court and uh, some of the things that are happening in the news that i i think are important but we also have uh new um <laughs> new uh, racist porn is a problem now in america
3: that's a big one are
1: we gonna get to that today you think i think we should i I, I I think we we have to talk to pat about the racist porn Uh, it's a story (laughs) that i found over the weekend so funny and uh no 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 it's a real problem and
3: and we should address it it's not funny no, I mean, it's funny that you've delayed it this long, oh, an yeah, important right, story like right. that. Yeah. That's more you know, ironic. Shows your priorities, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Okay. I'm reaching here. So, <laughs> <laughs> So we will uh, give that story to you
3: uh, when we come back in just a minute. Glenn and Tanya started realestateagentsitrust.com. Why? Because, well, I was around them when this happened, and they were trying to sell one of their houses. This is back several years now. Uh, and they were having a real problem getting it sold. They didn't like the way it was being advertised. They didn't like that just a few balloons were going out in front of the house for an open house. They didn't like really any of the the way it was going. They just didn't like it. So they created this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Why? Well, you know, you got to solve these problems. There's got to be a better way. And that they found the better way. 1,200 agents all across America. These people are qualified by Glenn's team with the... Yeah, advertising and character and the results they get for their clients. This is a fantastic site and a better way of doing business. And, and you know, when you have an important transaction, like, I don't know, selling a home, you got to make sure you have the best available path to success. Let these agents earn your business. Get moving with realestateagentsitrust.com.
1: You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program.
3: The following segment of this
1: program is uh, rated, well, I don't know. Uh, It's more of like TV 14 or R14, but the R would be radio, not TV, but the R would be confusing. And it's, you know, 17 is probably a good thing, but then that is like, you know, uh, NC 17, which means nobody under 17. And there's some people that could probably handle this. So I don't know exactly what rating this should have, but it's not uh, it's it's a little spicy because it's a, it's about it's about the rise of racist porn.
3: Racist and 17 R 17.
1: It could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is I mean, this is the rise of racist porn and it's bad <laughs> and oh, no. uh, I have to read it, but I don't think I should summarize it. Would you agree with that?
3: Story? Uh no, you should not summarize it. Pat, Pat is here and he mm-hmm. needs to hear the full breakdown of the story. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I didn't realize so this was a problem. It, no, it you yeah. don't know no. So, See? Yeah, it's haters I, like you. We're raising awareness
1: mm-hmm. is what we're doing. Okay, okay. Rise of racist porn. Blacks on blondes. Blacked. Black it is. Um and other porn titles. Leave little to the imagination catering rather crassly to the stereotypes and market demand the interracial genre in uh, adult entertainment has been a consistent hit with consumers but there's there there needs to be a line to uh, be drawn between it and racism thank you one performer mm. in particular has taken a stand against the most historically offensive of racial slurs mo the monster
3: johnson <laughs> Has filed. Uh, you think his last name's really Johnson? <laughs> Mo- that's probably, <laughs> yes, that's the name he was okay. born with. Uh, Mo the Monster
1: <laughs> Johnson has filed a lawsuit against director Jim Camp and Dog Fart Productions <laughs> for what he alleges Dog Fart persuade, persuaded a female white co star. To call him the N word on camera without his consent. Camp allegedly obtained consent from Connor before approaching Johnson with the request, which he said he shot down. But as the scene came to a close, Connor uh, allegedly addressed him with a racial slur during the pop shot. Johnson claims the production company offered to edit the hate speech out of the final uh, product, mm-hmm. but according to the court file documents, they released the scene. And it still had the offensive material in the <laughs> porn movies.
4: That's <laughs> uh, so good. That only that one part was offensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. So people okay. can take the, mm-hmm. all the interracial hardcore porn, but they can't yeah, take was the nasty offensive. word.
1: So adult actress mm-hmm. uh, Layla Price says she was shocked to hear about the pending lawsuit. Price, who has worked with Mo the Monster Johnson and Dog Fart Productions, recalls being in similar situations where a director has asked her to say the N-word during a scene. Mm -hmm. Quote, I've worked for Dog Fart three times, and each time I've said that's really not my thing, and they didn't argue with me. Personally, I don't like racism in porn. Yeah, I'll play it up nicely and flirtatious about it, says Price. I'll th- say things like hot chocolate daddy, but I won't use the n-word because it's degrading. All right? Hot chocolate daddy uh, is not. not at all
3: degrading.
4: That's classy stuff right um, there. That's I mean, you would you would expect to hear that at Buckingham Palace.
3: That was actually, if you went to the uh, the Meghan Markle uh, Prince uh, Harry meet, uh, uh-huh. wedding, they yeah. actually did actually, use the did phrase use hot, chocolate hot chocolate daddy. daddy okay. mm-hmm.
1: Adult icon, three-time AVN male performer of the year, Lexington Steele, I'm sure that's his first name, says, mm-hmm. there is no fiercer or harsher term than the N-word. Yeah. Steele, uh, who is black, believes that while there may be more tension now, it's also a continuation of pre existing <laughs> racial themes. Now people are noticing it more because of Donald Trump, said Steele. Let's remember porn often reflects society. According to Steele, he's only recently encountered an issue with performers' use of voluntary racial slurs. <laughs> I had a girl take it upon herself to say the other n-word the n-word that doesn't have an r at the end it has an a Has an a yeah okay good Mm -hmm, good mm -hmm, on the nosy Mm -hmm. the password is (laughs) i told her i don't allow the use of that on my sets and she felt the need to argue with me she said she felt that she had said it on other sets and it was okay there she also thought it was hot Steele recalls, I've been a director for 15 years and I've never had that on my set. The attorney who is representing Mo the Monster Johnson in his lawsuit against dog fart productions (laughs) is concerned that the Trump administration may be encouraging racism in new generations passed down from fathers who feel emboldened in their racist beliefs backed by their president racism seems to flourish in the adult industry because a large segment of society just doesn't care and that is
3: where these abuses stem from mm. i'm glad we got to the bottom <laughs> bottom of that i was unaware that that was an issue um so, so was i but so is this th- what i feel very enlightened now would there be so there's some mm. level of uh E- escalated excitement that goes along with calling people racial slurs while you're having sex with them? Is that a thing? Uh,
1: I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I mean I'm not really sure. Hmm. Um, they have said that there are laws that they have to abide by um, and so no jury should be making decisions based on morality but what they should be doing is making a decision based on law and that law says uh You know, there is no exception given to a scenario where a black male sex worker concerning his civil rights, there is no law that says everyone has a right to work in a hostile free or discrimination free environment except black male sex workers. Uh, And so they're starting their own Me Too movement. You know, what's
4: really sad is that some of these uh, born actresses and actors have, have chosen to make the porn industry somewhat toddy and uh, disrespectful, uh, that uh, and I just I think that's a shame, you know, because it's, it's usually such a classy, such a classy, respectful industry. Uh, you hate to see this enter into it. Well, we were, you just really hate that.
1: Well, you're saying you're <clears> saying, <throat> I mean, because there, you know, there there are a lot of morals that are happening in the oh, of course, s- there are. in the sex film industry, and <clears throat> in particular. <throat> dog fart productions
3: <laughs> oh, uh, that's one of the classiest of the class yeah i think um we've been talking a little bit about this off the air i've been listening to this john ronson podcast mm-hmm. uh, called the butterfly effect love him he's great um and we've had him on the show before but it, the story is about how the invention of like free porn on the internet cha- like changed all these people's lives downstream from it like where people who used to get paid a lot for porn apparently now get paid like nothing for porn because it's just out there everywhere and they're filming like mm. all these scenes and they've gone to all these really weird like niche things to try to you know churn some cash out of it um but they said this is actually what kind of what the way we're joking about this is a real problem they're having is that like You know they 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 talk about one of the female porn stars who had her movies viewed on one of these free sites uh over 240 million times in a year oh my god one porn star and for for the 240 million views she received zero dollars and the point of this is Wow. There's no, because it's such a seedy world, there's no one really who wants to get involved on their behalf. Like no one cares, right? They're just a bunch of porn stars is the way people look at it's it. really sad. Yeah. And so like, I mean, again, like I'm not saying it's a good thing to get into. However, if you're going to get into it. There's and, no money in it. Uh, there sh- now there's not even money in it. We talked about that. Uh, there's a Netflix documentary that kind of talked about the mm-hmm. same thing where these young girls would go with the, with the thought of this glamorous life. And there's a trade-off there, where you say, "Okay, I'm going to do this terrible thing," and all you know, I'm probably my life is going to be ruined. But at least I'll have a bunch of cash. Now the cash isn't even there. So these girls are going at 18, 19, 20 years old on these trips away from their parents without going to school and coming back with like four hundred dollars in their pocket, and they're mm-hmm. eventually on the on the on the internet forever. Uh, it, it's such a it's such a weird. It's world, so sad because you think,
4: "Geez, that, those are somebody's daughters." Yeah. I mean and I, I have 3. I I, I
3: can't imagine yeah. how painful that would be. It's a, and it's an incredibly Man. shallow observation. I I I admit that like you know there, because you're losing it's a daughter it's a real person mm-hmm. whose entire you know uh, you know uh, reputation is is destroyed but there's at least a point at some point where you like at least they had money Right, like at least there was something that they were trading for it. Mm-hmm. Now that's a totally shallow thing. To it's a terrible choice to make in every way. However, at least there was that. Now there's not even that. They're just doing this for and them the, nothing. And the problem is,
1: is because the porn is um, uh, becoming less and less effective to um, to males and not exciting. Sixteen year olds are now starting to have problems with um, erectile dysfunction.
3: It's up a thousand percent among 16 to 21 year olds wow nothing excites
1: them anymore wow so it has to become more and more perverse uh and uh you know Mm. the one thing we know is that uh pornography will always lead the way it will find it's like life it will find a way to survive Mm-hmm. You can tell I just saw the Jurassic Park movie. Um but uh <laughs> it it will find a way to uh, to survive and thrive. And uh what is the next horizon um event horizon for porn? And it is high tech. Yeah, it's high tech. It's VR mm-hmm. and it is going to screw <laughs> With our society, <laughs> it's a good choice of words. Uh, well, I didn't mean <laughs> it that way. the pun. In ways we can't imagine, uh, Pat. If you don't mind sticking around for for uh, uh, just a second, um, I I do want to talk to you about one other one other aspect. And your show is coming up, so I know if we can hold you over just for a second, okay. Uh, and it's not porn related, but uh, something we need to talk about when we come back. First, let me tell you about Car Shield. Uh, your plans of a summer getaway. Are they going to take a back seat because you just had your car break down? You got hit with a huge repair bill? When you have an extended vehicle protection program from Carshield, like I do, you don't have to worry about those unexpected surprises. If your car breaks down after the manufacturer warranty expires, you'd be out of pocket for thousands of dollars. Remember, you know, remember that people used to sit at the the side of the road. And their car would overheat and it would be broken down. That doesn't happen as much because now we have that little light that goes on that says check engine. And that little light is just as bad when it goes off as it was when you were sitting, you know, with the hood up on the side of the road. Because you know, oh crap, this could be something big. Could cost you a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars. Car shield. Get your car covered uh At CarShield.com, use the promo code Beck. CarShield.com, or call one eight hundred car sixty one hundred car sixty one hundred. That's an eight hundred number, or CarShield.com. Use the promo code Beck.
3: Glenn Beck.
1: That had to go and and get ready for his show for uh for the uh, Blaze.com, which is coming up next on. uh On the internet, if you want to listen to his podcast uh, at any time during the day. Um, We were talking earlier today about how do you take over a country like America. And we talked to you a little bit about schooling and everything else. But there's a new study out about how many guns are on the streets of
3: America. Yeah, Stephen Kutowski from Washington Free Beacon broke this down in an amazing way. Uh, There are now about 400 million civilian-owned guns in the United States. This four. 100 million. Yeah, we've been using, what, 330 as our yeah, number? Mm-hmm. 400 million now. This, of course, makes it by far the number one civilian gun ownership in the world, with the next closest being India at 70 million. Oh, my gosh. So it's not even close. And India has more people than us, don't they? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, what's the yes. population of India? I think, I think they do. They um, do. And they only, they have 70 million. Uh, there are more civilian-owned guns in the United States than there are people. Now, I think we kind of get, grasp that one. But listen to this. Every law enforcement agency in America combined have about 1 million firearms in their inventory. Oh, my gosh. So we have 400 million civilian owned, 1 million for police. This means American civilians have 400 times as many firearms. Um, and in, in, in India, one point three to 1.324 billion people, by Jeez. the way. So much bigger than us. I knew I knew it was bigger. I didn't know it was that much bigger. Uh, In May alone, American civilians bought somewhere between two million, around two million firearms. That's twice as many firearms than every police department in America combined in a single month. Oh, my gosh. Similarly, the American military is estimated to hold about 4.5 million firearms. That means Americans have 100 times as many firearms as every branch of the American military combined. If you combine May and April's gun-related background check numbers, you get 4.7 million. That means the American people bought more guns in just the last two months than the entire American military has on hand. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Furthermore, uh, the Small Arms Survey estimates that the world's law enforcement agencies combined hold 22.7 million guns. In 2017 alone, the FBI processed 25.2 million background checks. The American public bought more guns in 2017 than every police agency has in the world combined. Oh, my God. Between 2012 and 2017, the FBI did 135 million civilian gun checks. That's more than the estimated 133 million guns held by all the world's militaries combined. In five years. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This
1: tells me you're never, ever going to be able to have a hostile takeover. Of the United States of America. We just never have it. Right. Unless it's against itself. Like a civil war. If there's a civil war, and you would hope, if it's a civil war, that the Constitution people would be the ones that are trying to, you know, quell an uprising from the, the you know, the left because the, the left doesn't buy any guns. All of those are generally owned in the center of the country uh, and by people who are on the right. It's
3: really amazing. It's it's certainly... Uh, you know, or you could nuke call the cities. Yeah, well, then what are you ruling afterwards? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you could do that. But I mean, that really would be basically impossible, or at least the most difficult of takeover of any country in history. And by the way, I say hell yeah to this. All of these numbers. Me too. I, I, I think it's it's fantastic. and look at that. We're even that we're
1: even close. That we're even close to numbers of violence with guns to other countries. That we're even close with that amount of guns is remarkable. Glenn Beck Mercury